Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rusty Quill presents. Hey everyone, Alex Etalanda here. While we're in our mid-season hiatus, I thought you might enjoy hearing the first episodes of the shows we've done crossovers with for the first half of season five. It's an alternate 2016, and Watchtower 10 sits in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean keeping lonely watch over the transcontinental bridge. Each watchtower sits hundreds of feet away from the bridge, broadcasting regular traffic reports to ensure that proper safety precautions are taken. These lighthouses, for cars, are filled with a carefully selective and very capable crew. Watchtower 10's necessary personnel happen to be a generalist DJ who spends her free time relaying folklore from abandoned parts of the bridge, her supervisor, who's only there because he lost a bet, an unfailing optimistic bridge travel agent, and a groundskeeper who has a thing for romantic comedies. Here's the first episode of The Bridge. Congratulations on beginning your journey across the transcontinental bridge. Before you get started, we'd like to point out a few things that are sure to make your vehicular excursion of over 3,500 miles into an expedition that's fun for the whole family. Gone are the days of old where you crammed into those awful airborne death traps with 200 of your closest friends. Now you can settle in for a peaceful voyage from ports like Boston, New York City, and Miami, all the way over to the other side of the ocean. Be sure to check out our newest port, Camaret-sur-Mer, home of the Golden Tower. 
For your convenience, we've provided many hotels along the route. We recommend the lush, elegant, and, dare we say it, monstrously regal Transcontinental Hotel. Our expertly trained staff will stop at nothing to ensure that your every need is met. If you only plan to linger in one particular place for a few hours, we have plenty of bridge-side towns that feature fine dining and hourly entertainment. Any thrill-seekers out there should check out Aqualand, an amusement park with the world's first and fastest immersive ocean experience roller coaster. For your safety, we've strategically placed watchtowers throughout the bridge. Be sure to tune in to 8.15 a.m. to get the quickest, crispest updates about traffic, weather, and any other difficulties you may encounter. We want you to have the safest time possible as you cross the Atlantic, so be sure to call into our watchtowers in case of anything suspicious or an emergency, whichever comes first. We hope you're ready for quite the adventure on the Transcontinental Bridge. I'm sorry, everyone. That recording's been around longer than I've been alive, and it's still... Congratulations on beginning your journey oh, across the Transcontinental Bridge. Every time... Started, like Hold on a second, everyone. Sure <sighs> Kate said it would be fixed yesterday, but is it fixed yesterday? No, because guess what? It's today. I'm still listening to the Welcome Brigade drone on and on about how Aqualad was such a great idea. Silence. Normally, I hate that sound, but today I'm willing to make an exception. Now, where were we? There's nothing uncommon about seeing abandoned things along the bridge. It's not unlike the mainland in that way. How many times have you seen forests cleared out to make room for strip malls no one will ever use? How many times have you driven past the pristine, identical houses of a gated community in the middle of nowhere and wondered if anyone ever lived there at all? The distinction between lived in and deserted, where whispers on the wind can carry welcomes or warnings, seems to be a pretty common theme out here. When night sets in, you can't tell if that ship on the horizon harbors a single living soul. Or if the silver glint bouncing off of its sails is more than just moonlight. But that's not what I'd like to talk to you about today. What happened at the Transcontinental Hotel isn't exactly that kind of story. This is a success story. They built it, and people did come. We've been getting some calls lately. Or one call, to be exact. So, Frank, just for you... Here are the facts. The Transcontinental Hotel was a mainstay of Checkpoint 8 for 10 years. And it was beautiful. Five floors of spacious suites, a three Michelin star restaurant featuring the freshest fish you've ever tasted, 24-hour world-class concierge service, and a ballroom outfitted with 12 crystal-clear floor-to-ceiling windows. When you danced... It was like you were dancing in the sea. Here's another fact. The Transcontinental Hotel closed, without notice or fanfare, the day after its 10th anniversary. I said this was a success story. 
I didn't say for how long. You're listening to The Bridge. to episode number, uh, <laughs> well, the episode number doesn't really matter anyway. As you know, there are long stretches of time where I have nothing else to do but provide you with the best quality bridge folklore that my paycheck can buy. When there aren't any storms on the horizon, ye old watchtower doesn't really need a lot of upkeep. And there's no one on the road, so there go my traffic reports. A few days ago, fueled by boredom and a little too much caffeine, I stumbled upon a few things in Watchtower 10's archives. Please don't tell my boss. These documents, ledgers, pay stubs, pictures, chronicle the events that led up to that one fateful night in the Transcontinental Hotel. After the disappearances, they were thought to be lost. Just one more thing eroded away by time. Luckily for you... That wasn't the case. If you're listening with young children, or if, like Frank, you're allergic to whimsy, you might want to change the station for the next five minutes. Is everyone else ready for the rest of our little bedtime story? Good. The party, they say, wasn't for the Transcontinental Hotel's 10th anniversary. That would have gone against their one unshakable tenet, Everything for the guest. It's likely that none of the party's guests ever knew that the hotel, too, was celebrating that night. So really, there were two parties. In the ballroom, the fabulously wealthy guests laughed and twirled within those floor-to-ceiling windows. But in the very back of the kitchen, the Transcontinental's overnight staff quietly toasted themselves with a cheap bottle of champagne. There were eight of them that evening. The overnight concierge, the chef, the sous chef, and the line cook, three members of the waitstaff, and the concierge's nine-year-old daughter, there to watch the rich people dance across the sea. She toasted with sparkling apple juice. The other party, though, that's the one people still talk about, and yet no one seems to know what exactly they were celebrating. If you were hoping for a place to stay that night, you were out of luck. Those passing the Transcontinental Hotel reported locked doors and a single sign. Private event. Drivers also reported an unusually windy night along Checkpoint 8. Transcripts of that evening's traffic reports describe gusts that carried the seagulls' cries this way and that down the bridge. Cries that sounded, to many, like people. And the next morning, every adult who spent the night in the Transcontinental Hotel was gone. Or so they say. All we know for sure is drivers passing by the next night found a very different sign on the front door. Permanently closed. There are theories, of course, 
As you'll recall, whenever anything unfortunate occurs on the bridge, there are always whispers of an uninvited guest from deep within the ocean, far deeper than we could hope to chart. But many believe this guest was much more welcome in that ballroom than we'd like to think. Many believe it was, in fact, the guest of honor. Well, now I'm sorry that I told Frank to stop listening, because I've got one more fact for all of you. If you happen to pass the Transcontinental Hotel, if you hop the fence and slip through the unlocked door past the gardens, you can still see what's become of it. Every one of those floor-to-ceiling windows in the ballroom has been shattered, and on the wall of the opposite hallway, one word has been carved. Return. But depending on when you time your visit, you may see something else, too. Every year, right around that time, the Transcontinental Hotel closed its doors for one final night. Things turn up around Checkpoint 8. In the middle of the road, by the way stations, places people are sure to find them. Watches, scarves, lockets, a purse strap. Each one nothing special on its own. And each one positively identified by the families of the missing as a belonging of their lost loved one. A belonging that they're sure must have been in their possession when they vanished. For all this talk of the party, the guest of honor, the windows, the word, whenever this story's told, there are seven people you never hear about. The concierge. The chef. The sous chef. The line cook. And the three waitstaff. It was their celebration, their disappearance, too. But, like they always said, everything for the guest. Maybe that's why their belongings have never shown up. You'll notice I said seven, and you'll notice earlier that I said every adult. Because no one really knows what happened to the concierge's daughter. There are rumors that she was discovered a few days after the disappearances, disoriented but alive. Perhaps she woke up in the abandoned hotel and walked along the bridge, searching for help. But she's never come forward. When those families of the missing descend Checkpoint 8 once a year, combing the streets for their loved ones' tchotchkes, she's never been among them. Not once. So these days, the prevailing theories are, unfortunately, quite macabre. They say either she vanished along with the adults, or she died. It's been said that if you stand in the hallway where the employees' quarters were located, you can hear a child crying. The sound is faint, but only for a moment. The longer you stay in the hotel, it seems, the louder her cries become. We never learned her name. She was too young. The only thing we have left to go off of are a set of initials. H.P. So, that's all I've got for you. Twelve broken windows, one word, and one nine-year-old girl. As I've been pointing out for quite some time, there have been other strange stories about the bridge, and more than one instance of the word return being etched somewhere close by. So, HP, if you're not a ghost and wouldn't mind calling in to talk about what happened, it'd be appreciated. We'd love to know. Did you leave the chocolate fountain running again? Roger. How quick we are to place the blame. Tell me, how is the weather on the high road this morning? Still holier than now, or... Stop deflecting and answer the question. Did you, in your infinite wisdom, leave the chocolate <laughs> fountain? 
it's not entirely my fault. Breaking out the old fondue maker was Bertie's idea. It was your idea to build that thing in the first place. And you promised you'd be careful with it. And now there's chocolate all over the kitchen floor and... There's unexpected chocolate in the kitchen. Actually, I'm pretty sure that chocolate's been identified. Do you know what happens when too much chocolate is poured into that... That Frankenstein's monster version of a machine that you and Bertie built? It keeps running anyway. And when that melted chocolate isn't being heated anymore, it doesn't just sit there. Oh no, no, it molds around whatever it can find. Half of our appliances are edible now. (laughs) So, what you're really saying is now we have an all-you-can-eat chocolate bar. (laughs) You know, because the bars... Kate's trying to shut that thing off now, but what I want to know is, what were you doing that was more important than making sure our toaster wasn't a marshmallow and graham cracker away from becoming a s'more. I was, um, reading a bedtime story. To who? To whoever's listening. (laughs) And, um, Frank. Frank, though I don't think he's listening anymore, that might have been my fault. You could just give the traffic report. You know, since that's your job. Or do I need to get you to read your job description again? No, no. Once a week is really enough. Can you do your job without me calling in every five seconds? I certainly can't do it with you waiting around to correct me, or while you're muttering your woe-is-me thoughts on life under your breath. What was that? (coughs) It's another Tuesday here on Watchtower 10. Here's your hourly traffic report. Well, it looks like there's nothing happening on the Transcontinental Bridge because there's no one on the road tonight. Or ever. It's funny, really. This thing's only been open for 50 years and it's already falling apart. People put all kinds of time and resources into building this thing and then they just toss it aside when they get bored. I mean, come on, this bridge spans the entire Atlantic Ocean. How cool is that? I I can't. I just, I can't. I'm done. Um... Anyway, there's still nothing going on. I know, I know, I'm just as shocked as you are. The skies are as dark and clear as ever. I've taken to renaming the constellations because there's not much else to do. There's a squiggly one up to my right named Roger's Angry Face, and another one that I like to call... Do you have to do this every time? Looking out on the horizon, it's easy to see that, uh... Oh. Oh my god. What's going on? Something's coming. It's... it's a car? That's a first. I haven't seen a car on this road since... Oh, hold on. Its blinkers are going. I think it's signaling something. It's... it's pulling to a stop on the shoulder. Okay, maybe I should signal back. Let them know someone can see them. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Something just reached out of the water. It looked like... Like a giant tentacle. What? If, if you're listening to this, stay as far away from Watchtower 10 as you can. Get off the bridge. There's something... Oh, oh God. Another tentacle. When will this end? When will... Edda. <clears throat> I was just, uh... Just having some fun. Fun? Yeah. You know that thing you stopped having when you grew up? You see that piece of paper on your desk? Mm, there are lots of pieces of paper on the my... The one to the left of the microphone. Ugh. You folded it into a swan on your first day? Oh, my job description. Right. Now, where exactly does it list fun as a requirement or qualification? <sighs> Nowhere. Then get back to work. No more fake accidents. No more fake accidents. Sorry about that, everyone. I guess I got a little carried away. No Lovecraftian monsters here on this bridge in the middle of nowhere. Nope. None at all. Just me. There is unexpected chocolate in the kitchen. So, the traffic report. As usual, the clouds are ramming into each other as they all race to cover up the moon. God forbid we have any source of light that isn't fluorescent. Okay, next time you decide to turn me into Willy Wonka, give me a heads up first. I don't want to have to go Augustus Gloop on your ass. Was it that bad? Roger and I agreed it's now your job to make dinner for everyone. You'll have quite the task ahead of you, too. There aren't many ingredients left. And don't get me started on what happened at the stove. Hey, I didn't hear you complaining when I managed to make that fruit salad work. And without any fruit. That was just a salad, Etta. But was it a good salad? Yeah. And yet you still suspect me of making terrible flavor decisions. <sighs> Do you know where Bertie went? Nope. Thought he'd be in the kitchen, but... There's unexpected chocolate in the kitchen. Kate, I thought the chocolate was under control. Uh, it was. I gotta go. Well, now that my unexpected visit is over, we'll get back to it. The traffic report for today is... You've gotta be kidding me. You're on speaker. Do you think this is funny? Sorry, what? What exactly are you trying to pull here? Uh, right now I'm trying to pull an answer out of you. Look out the window. There's something in the water. 
What? Do I need to repeat myself? I don't see anything. I hate to ask the obvious question here, but was that Birdie? You said Birdie was in the kitchen. No, I think I said he was supposed to be in the kitchen. What? Semantics. Never mind. Where the hell did he go? Hold on, let me consult the handy-dandy tracker I placed on him this morning. I hope you're kidding. My seriousness regarding the matter shall remain a mystery. Is that thing still in the water? No, no, I don't see it anymore. It's gone. And that weird interference? <sighs> I'll keep looking for Birdie. If you find him before I do, tell him to report to my office. We've got some things to discuss, if he's in good condition. If you're planning world domination, you might have to be a little less suspicious. Ouch. One day I'd like to have a conversation that doesn't result in hurt feelings. You traitor! You're not dead! And traitor's a little harsh, isn't it? You're the one who left the kitchen. We had a deal, Bertrand. Of course I'm not dead. What gave you that idea? Roger and I picked up some weird interference when we were talking earlier. I thought it might be you, but whatever was on the other end didn't really sound alive. I... I didn't hear it. I went to check on the hydrangeas, and I had every intention of going back to make sure the chocolate didn't overflow and create a river in the kitchen, but then I had to go into something at level there. three to make Fattens sure... Whoa overflowing with chocolatey goodness take priority over everything else. It's like you've learned nothing these past three years. This isn't a joking matter. It isn't pretty down there. There's Why are you just telling me about this now? Communication down at that level. I found you as soon as I could. I thought you'd be in the kitchen, but... Wait... What were you doing over there anyway? According to Roger, my job. That is disappointing. Oh, tell me about it. All I wanted to do was give him a good story. Uh, Birdie? When you went down to Submare 3, did you... Of course I did. You think I would just leave the door wide open? Maybe I should go check. Yeah, I'll come with you for emotional support. Okay, okay, I just don't want to be here alone. Let's get Kate before we go. What about Roger? Unless we're planning on reading my job description aloud down there, I think Roger can keep an eye on things up here. Uh, just in case... Oh, well, in case we have any emergencies while the rest of us are underwater. Are you still broadcasting? Yeah, but no one's listening. Turn it off before you leave. I'll go get Kate. Ugh. I'll go check that now. Well, everyone, it looks like I've got to go deal with something. I'd like to leave you with a small story before I go. When I was a kid, Mom used to read to me every night. The books, I, I only remember a few of them. Some of them had to do with the bridge, but there were other things, too. Long forgotten towns, memories lost to time itself. My mother... The last thing I remember, she's putting me to sleep. I wasn't in the mood for stories that night, so I interrupted her every chance I got. My head... My head felt funny. Like something heavy was sitting on it. My eyes didn't want to stay open, even though I wanted them to. I begged them to just stay open. But it didn't work. 
She took me away from the party, even though I tried to stay awake. We didn't go back to our normal room. Instead, she led me down the hallway. I remember the path. Left, right, down the stairs, through a set of doors I'd been forbidden to go to, and then, and then I slept. Nothing could wake me up. Nothing did wake me up. I didn't know it at the time, but my mother... She must have known something was going to happen that night, because she hid me in a place that only the staff knew about. And it saved my life. I told you earlier that the little girl never returned to Checkpoint 8. Instead, she kept a record of every item that's turned up over the years, carefully cataloging them as she waited for a sign that her loved one moved on. A simple but beautiful necklace. A canvas bag that could store all of her snacks. And a few of her toys. When I woke up, I was in a ship's cargo hold. I stumbled up the steps, and a very startled captain asked me where my mother was. I had no idea what to tell him. That was fifteen years ago, and the answer to that question still hasn't changed. Yet. My name, my real name, is Henrietta. Henrietta Peralt. My mother was the Transcontinental Hotel's lead concierge. She was taken from me on the same night the rest of her staff and all those guests disappeared. I know she's still out there. And I will go through every story about this bridge. I will search every drop of water in this ocean until I find her. We'd like to thank you for listening to our first ever episode. This episode of The Bridge was written by Alex Brown and Rebecca Mahoney. It features, in order of appearance, Sarah Grover as The Welcome Brigade, Alex Brown as Etta, Chris Martin as Roger, Liz Hull as Kate, Rebecca Mahoney as The Weird Interference, and David Piccarello as Birdie. This episode also features special guest star Alex Najibi as The Alarm. The two fantastic pieces of music that accompanied tonight's Transcontinental Hotel folktale, as well as the opening chime and the traffic report chime, were composed by the inimitable Sarah Fairchild. Our amazing main theme was composed by the equally amazing Jake Hull. This episode was edited and mixed by Alex Brown and Ian Heflin. The static sound effects were provided by Dead Signals, creators of the Archive 81 podcast. We'd also like to thank our friends at Wolf359 and The Bright Sessions for their advice and moral support. If you're not already listening to these awesome podcasts, check them out. Want to learn more about the Transcontinental Bridge? Visit our website at thebridgepod.com. You can also find us on Twitter at bridge underscore podcast. Please rate and review us on iTunes, and feel free to email us at watchtower10reports at gmail.com. It's kind of a long address, but if you go to our website and click on the little mail icon, it'll lead you right to it. Thank you once again for listening to The Bridge. As a special treat, we present a blooper from our very own Chris Martin. (laughs) That last one sounded kind of like a cow. Don't use that one. I don't want to moo.